You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. All right, why don't you open your Bibles uh, with me again one more time. This may not be the last time, but anyway, I like saying that one more time. Over to Romans chapter 5, verse 2. I am going to, uh, we've been in this series for a few weeks, and I want to move on to kind of the second part of it. Uh, so I'm just going to, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read my, some bullet points from my notes here uh, of things that we have covered over the last few weeks. And as always, you can uh, go to our website. We have the archives of our YouTube videos of the whole service available, or you can pick up the podcasts there and uh, catch up on the things we've been studying. So Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, through Jesus, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So this scripture lays out a principle. It's talking in context about salvation, but this principle really extends into everything we ever receive from God. Everything we receive from God comes to us by grace. It is unmerited. We can't earn it. It comes as a flow from God's throne. Everything we ever receive from comes by grace and is accessed by faith. Faith accesses or plugs into grace. Grace is poured out. Grace is poured out because of what Jesus did at the cross. Faith accesses grace. So let me, I'm just going to read some bullet points and we're going to move on. We've talked a lot about grace and what it is and what it does and what it's not over the last several weeks. And I want to start talking about the other end of it. I want to start talking about faith, what it is, what it's not, and uh, how it grows in our lives. So Here's some of the things that we have talked about. All the promises of God are ours in Christ. They're given by grace. We know this. All the promises of God are yes and amen, right? In, in Christ. The scripture tells us that. But they are ours, but they have to be accessed by faith. We access the promises of God by faith. It's just like, and, and I actually hate this analogy, but I don't have a better one. It is like having something in an account all right, it's already poured in there, but we have to access it, to withdraw it, to receive it. Faith plugs in to what is given by God. And we talked about the fact that um, grace is a condition of favor and blessing in which we stand, but that word is also used in the New Testament to describe a flow of God's ability that enables the believer to be and do what they could never be and do on their own. All right, so the gifts of God that come, the gifts that flow through people, those are called grace gifts because we are enabled by the grace of God to be who we could never be, to look more like Jesus as we grow, to do things we could never do. I could lay hands on you all day long and I can't heal your body, but... God can. His healing is a gift, and it's when we connect with him through faith that that grace, that healing, that gift is released. That makes sense to you, okay? Um, 
God provided, we all know this, a way of salvation for completely undeserving mankind. And that salvation is available to everybody. But the scripture tells us it's accessed by all who will believe. It is accessed by faith. All right. We saw that grace is the polar opposite of works. All right. Works seek to earn. This was on my heart again while we were worshiping. I'm not even sure exactly why. But works seek to earn or merit God's approval and blessing and favor. But you can't earn a gift. If you earn a gift, it's no longer a gift. And I was thinking about, I just was feeling overwhelming gratitude again as we worship this morning for the fact that we are free in Christ and we don't have to go out and earn it every day and every week. I don't have to knock on a certain number of doors every week to work my way to heaven. I don't have to read a specific amount of the Bible every week to work my way to heaven. If I knock on a door, it's because I'm excited about what God has already done. When I read the scripture and and it comes to life, I'm doing that because I want to know God better, not to impress him. God's not impressed with works. It's, we, we cannot work our way to heaven. We cannot work our way in, into blessing. And I'm so grateful for that. And there, unfortunately, there's a lot of our brothers and sisters that still live with the works mentality. We talked about the fact that the scripture tells us that not only are we saved by faith, but we grow by grace through faith. Great, we, as we grow, each element of God revealing himself to us and changing our hearts and changing our, strong, our way of thinking, tearing down strongholds in our life, whatever it might be, all of that is given by grace and accessed by faith. So, and, I, and again, I say that, and I just repeat this, I say that because so many people have this idea that, yes, we're saved by grace. We understand that we're saved by grace through faith. Now, I've got to go prove it to God, or I've got to go prove it to other people. I've got to try and act like a Christian. It's not the way it works. We grow, we change, we are transformed by grace through faith. All right, and we'll talk more about, start talking today about what faith really is. So in fact, in, in this idea of um, earning God's favor, Galatians 5.4 says this really strongly. It says, you who are trying to be justified by law, that means I'm trying to work my way into God's favor. I'm trying to do all the right things. This just, again, while we were in worship this morning, it was just hitting me that, God, you know every one of our flaws and every one of our weaknesses, and yet you love us anyway, and you work with us, and you have a tremendous plan for every one of us in your kingdom, even though we're, every one of us is messed up. You know, I mean, hopefully as we walk with him, we're getting less messed up. But, we, you know, but we all come messed up. And yet, he loves to work in us. It's just such an amazing thing. But Galatians 5.4, it says, You who are trying to be justified by law, by working your way, okay, have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Grace and works will not work together. It, they, are, they are diametrically opposed to one another. We are enabled to do good things, to live a holy life because of grace and because we are accessing it by faith. 
uh, Romans 11, verse 6 says, if it's by grace, anything that comes by grace, okay, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. It would not be a gift, but a reward for works. All right, you can't earn a gift. It's not a gift if you have to earn it or if you try to earn it afterwards. It's actually, when you think about it, if somebody gives you a gift and then you say, oh, no, I have to work for that, it's kind of a slap in the face to the giver, you know. Not only does it say something about where your heart is, and a lot of us have trouble receiving gifts, but it's, um, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face to the giver when we say, no, no, you, you can't give that to me. I, I need to earn it. So those two are diametrically opposed. So we talked about a lot of other things the last few weeks, but we came down uh, to this point, and this is what we want to talk about this morning. The one thing that is required to receive from God is faith. All right, we do, but man, we make faith into this. We almost make faith into a God sometimes. So what we need to understand is that Yes, faith is required to receive from God, but faith as an element of loving relationship, all right? Not as a commodity. And I'll say this, it's, it's kind of hard from this end to teach about faith and the importance of faith without it seeming like a commodity. Like, I've got to have this much faith to receive this much from God. I've got to exchange my faith with God like it's money or something to receive. That's not the point at all. And I'll do my best to stay out of that ground. But it's something you just have to receive this as, as what's being said. Faith is a, is a foundational element of any good relationship. Faith is trust. Faith is confidence. Faith is... Um, a recognition of someone's trustworthiness, of someone's faithfulness. Even in our human relationships, trust grows when faithfulness is shown. When somebody is consistent, they are faithful. They, they do what they say they will do. They, they give their word and they keep it. And I don't even just mean giving your word is not just when we say, I promise. Giving your word is everything, whatever we say. Whatever we say we're going to do, now, we all fail in that, right? We all make mistakes in that. That's where apologies come in, all right? That's where we come back and say, you know, I'm sorry I, I said that and, and, and I didn't fulfill it the way that I wanted to. I'm working on it, you know. And, and so there's that place in human relationship. We get, give each other space to grow. We give each other space to fail, right? Because God sure gave us a lot of space in our failures, but confidence grows, trust grows. It's the, same, it's the same thing with God. It can grow, faith can grow, and we're going to see how, or it can be dis diminished based on how we approach God. But, but faith is a heart response to God's faithfulness. And the great thing about that for us is it's not like we have to go through life seeing um, seeing a lot of miracles, we believe in miracles, but we don't have to, sometimes I think we get in this place where, well, you know, I wanted God to do this, but he didn't, or my perception is he didn't, so God, when we think God failed us. Well, that's, if there's a, if there's a failure, 
in any of that, it's on my end. It's not on his end, okay? But many times we're assuming, we're in presumption, we're in assumption. We're assuming God's going to do it this way. We're presuming God's going to do it this way. And he doesn't do it that way. Or it doesn't happen in the time that we've allotted for him to get it together and do what we wanted him to do, you know, whatever it is. And, and so that's not the issue. That's not how, we, how faith is built. It is through recognizing God's faithfulness. But listen now, most of the recognition of God's faithfulness is not initially found in the fact that God did for me what I thought he should do for me. The recognition of God's faithfulness comes as the Holy Spirit opens the word of God, opens our eyes, brings revelation of the word of God and recognizing in his word who he is and the lengths that he went to to redeem us and the faithfulness that he has shown generation after generation. And what we find out is that faith grows in us from the word of God and also from any report, from the gospel itself, but any report, a testimony of God's faithfulness in somebody else's life can build faith in us. Any time where something goes off in our heart and we recognize who God is and what he has said and what he has done, even if everything that we have, boy, even if everything that we have desired, everything that we want hasn't come to pass yet, we have this heart level recognition that God is faithful. And I'll just throw this out to you. This isn't really the, I don't want to get way off in this. But I've said this for years. I just heard somebody else teaching on it recently. If you read through Hebrews 11, which is, you know, the, the chapter that tells us about all the great heroes of faith, right? It goes down the line of what all these people did and that they did it by faith. Tells us that chapter tells us a lot about what faith is. There are two places in that chapter. I really have only talked about one, but there are actually two places in that chapter that say, all of these people goes through the list, you know, of, of Abraham and his children and David and all these, all these, Moses, all these people, what they did by faith. We recognize them as great people of faith. It goes through and it, it tells us that by faith, they experienced miracles. They had, they did tremendous things that they could never do by faith. And then it says those same people that did experience all this faithfulness from God and all these miracles and all this stuff, they died having not received the fullness of what God had, of the promises of God, what God had for them. And the point of that was that it was coming forward to where we could receive in Christ the fullness of what God has. So the point of that is that every one of us we walk by faith. We want to live by faith. We want to walk in faith. That faith has to be grounded on what God is showing to us. Because more than likely, God's going to put a desire for more in your heart than you will see in your lifetime. But your faith for that will pull it in for the next generation. Faith is incredibly important to the progress of the kingdom of God on earth. Is this making sense to you? And, and so 
we can't get tangled up in the fact that, well, I haven't, I've asked this and I haven't seen it happen yet. We can't allow that to cause a, a crisis of faith. People talk about having a crisis of faith. Like, I'm not trusting God anymore because he hasn't done this. Well, what about the, the generations and the centuries of him showing himself faithful and in your life, all the places he has shown himself faithful. And then we get to this point in our life sometimes where because this hasn't happened, it, it's like we think we're going to hurt God's feelings by saying, well, you haven't done everything. All we're hurting is us when we get into that. Okay? So faith, we're going to find, comes from the word of God. It comes from the activity of the Holy Spirit around the word of God. All right? But in our, in our back to what we're saying here, faith is required, but it's an element of loving relationship. It is built, faith in our hearts, is built as we focus on relationship with the Lord, getting to know him better. It's built from the big things he reveals to us, the small things he reveals to us, the little things he does. That's what blows me away a lot of the time is the little things that he cares about and does in our life that are so unimportant in the scheme of things. But he cared about that, about that little thing. That gives me trust for the, quote, big things. You know, I'm not sure, and, and we get this in our mind that instead that faith is some commodity. I've got to have enough faith. I, it takes little faith, you know, I can receive little things, big faith to get big things. So I've got to have big faith. It's like it's this exchange, like God's waiting there, you know, for us to come up with enough to hand to him. It's, it's, it's not the way it works. And besides, I was thinking about this. What is, I know we all have an idea about this, but really, what's a big need and what's a small need? If I need small faith for little things and big faith. What it might be a small need to you might be a really big need in somebody else's life. What's a small miracle? Well, I can get by with small faith for a small miracle, but I need big faith for a big miracle. What's a small miracle and what's a big miracle, really? I mean, you know, if, if God does something that goes beyond the physical laws of the earth, that's a miracle. And I think for us to think about, and I know we, I know we all do, we're, we're people. But, you know, to have in mind that, well, that's just kind of a little miracle. This over here, now, this is a big miracle. That, that one's worth celebrating. No, they're all worth celebrating. And celebrating the tiniest one gets us to the point of receiving the bigger ones. Okay, celebrating every single victory in our life and being thankful over it is a huge, huge part. So I don't think it's about, it's not really about big faith and small faith. Look at what Jesus said. This is in Mark 17, 19 and 20. This is, this is after, you know, this is when he came down and they had not been able to cast the demon out of this man's son. And so Jesus came to him and, and he said, and they asked him privately, they said, why could we not cast this demon out? And he said to them, because of your unbelief. He just was straight with them. The reason you couldn't cast it out was because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, 
a mustard seed. We all know if you've ever seen a mustard seed, sometimes in teachings like this, we hand them out to everybody and everybody loses them because they're tiny. They're tiny. All right, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. All right, so the thing about mustard seed is it's small, it's pure, and it contains life. It's small, it's pure, it's not adulterated, it's not half over here, half over there. It's going to be mustard. When you put it in the ground, it's not going to produce two or three different things. It is a mustard seed, all right? And it's a seed. It contains life. And that, should, that needs to be the thing about our faith, is that it's a living faith. It is something that is a part of our relationship from, with Jesus, that it's come through relationship. It's not the size of it, it's what's carried within it. It's that, that our faith is something that has been birthed in us by God and it carries the life to reproduce whatever word God gave to us about it that produced the faith. If God came to you and he said, I'm going to take care of this need in your life. If he led you over to the scripture about his provision, I will meet all of your needs. You know, you get that scripture in your heart. He will meet all of my needs by his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that births something in you. That verse, the Holy Spirit brings it alive in you. Well, that verse, that, that life in you directs your faith toward God in just what he said. And there's a flow of life there. It does, it's not about big. It's not about small. It's not about academics. It's not about any of that. Faith isn't an emotion. It's not, it's a, it's a heart posture toward God. It is a heartfelt trust that God is faithful. Does that make sense to you? All right, let's, let's move on here. So again, we're working with this idea. There's one thing that's required, okay? It's faith to receive from God. It's faith, but faith is an element of loving relationship. All right, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul says, For the by the grace given to me, that was his, we talked about this before, his, he, he calls his office as an apostle. He calls that a grace, a gift. It is a place for the grace of God to flow to people. It enables him to be something he could never be on his own. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. So Paul's coming along and he's saying, as you go through life, don't be arrogant in your thinking. Don't think of yourself more highly. Well, God, I don't need you to take care of this part of my life. I've got that under control. I've got a degree. I've got the right job. I've got the right friends. I've got this part taken care of. Where I need you is over here. Don't be arrogant in your thinking. Don't think more highly of yourself. I can get this done. I'm smart. I can get this done, especially, especially compared to him over there. I'm really good at this, okay? And you start comparing yourself and you start to think arrogantly. I can get this done. I don't need God in this area. And he says, instead, think according to faith. Think according to the measure of faith that God has dropped in your heart. Think according to faith. Think 
when I think of any aspect of my life, I need to be thinking, God, I trust you with this aspect of my life. It may, that aspect of your life may look perfectly fine today. We need God in the middle of that aspect of our life. We need him in the middle of every relationship. We need him in the middle of our work life. We need him in the middle of fulfilling whatever his call is on our life. We need him in the middle of our friendships. We need him in those places. We need to live those things by trust in God, not trust in us. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So he says, don't be arrogant about that. Recognize your need for God. Think of, your, think of yourself in your life it says soberly. This is thinking soberly. I need God in every area of my life. All right? And, and so he's about to launch in here. If you read the rest of, which we're not going to, the rest of Romans chapter 12 or those first several verses, he launches into a teaching about a certain set of gifts, the creational gifts. And he points out, that God has given every person a what he calls a measure of faith. Now, there are different ideas about what that is. I believe what that means is God gives each of us, he pours into our hearts a basic level of ability to trust him. And it is according, it's congruent with what he is going to produce out of our life, what he is going to call us to do, the gifting that he has placed in us. It's, it's in that range. And then that basic faith that he gives to every person. He gives it to every person. It's, it's the faith with which we first believe Jesus. It's, the faith, it's our ability to know and trust God. Okay? That faith, that basic level of faith, can and should grow in us as we interact with God. It will either, that basic faith, will either grow or diminish based on how we interact with God and what our relationship with God is like once we make Jesus the Lord of our lives. All right? So let's go over, and this is, we're going to camp here for the rest of the time that we have today. We're going to go over this little verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. This is another of those little tiny verses that is easy to write, read past that is so essential for us to understand. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And it says, so then, faith, and, and let me just set a context here. What Paul's talking about here is how people come to Christ. The principle is, is broader than that, but he's talking about how people come to Christ, and he's talking about people going out with the message of the gospel, and how's anybody going to have faith if they don't hear the word, if they don't hear the gospel? And, and so he's, that's what he's talking about here. But he makes this statement in the middle of that. He says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Paul starts to talk here about, the only way I can picture this is it is a, it is a dynamic between our hearts and God's heart in relationship, in conversation. As we hear God speak, things happen on the inside of us. And, and if you're out there and you feel like, oh, I can't hear God, 
I just want to assure you, yes, you can. You may not have learned how yet or recognized his voice yet, but Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So he will lead you into hearing him. He is so faithful to show us how to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is so faithful in that. So I just want you to be confident today that, that yes, whatever your experience is so far, you're probably, I would, I would bet, if we were able to sit down and talk about it, you've already been hearing from God, but you may not term it that way or you may not uh, recognize it that way. But, but this is a dynamic that takes place as we are interacting with the Lord in devotion and fellowship and asking him questions and reading his word and all those places. So let's break this down. It says, are you listening to me? Good. That's quite a few of you. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right. This, this term comes by, faith comes by. This comes from a little tiny two-letter Greek word, ek, E-K, ek. That's all it is. And what ek means, it speaks of something that is carried within something else speaks of something that's being carried in something else. All right, so you can think of a seed. It carries life, right? You put seed in the ground, it, it births something. You can think of a Trojan horse, all right? Trojan horse came in, looked like a horse on the outside, sort of, uh, but it carried something on the, there was something on the inside that was released, right? Lots of things like that. It's something that carries something else or, or is a source of something else. A seed is the source of the tree. It is a source of fruit, right? So this is saying faith has its source or is carried by the process of hearing God's word. Do you get that? Faith has its source in this process of hearing God's word. The word translated word there by the word of God, right? We're hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word that is translated in our Bibles, word is the Greek word rhema. And that means a conversation with God. It is, it is uh, something that is spoken personally by God to your heart. Uh, there are other, there's another word, logos, that means the big, broad overview of all that God has said. But in this case, it says, when we hear what God's saying to us, it is the personal word. It is a dialogue. It is a paragraph. It is what God is bringing to you and to me on a daily basis. What he's saying, what he is, is wanting to communicate to us, carried within that, is faith carried within the living spoken word of God to you and to me. That's where faith is. It is that word that comes into our life. When And how? what does that mean? When I'm reading the Bible and a scripture just comes alive to me and I highlight them and I end up getting more Bibles because I end up with everything highlighted. But you know, it's when I, when that scripture speaks to you, contained within that scripture, one of the things that is contained within that scripture is faith. It's trust. It will birth or grow faith in your heart. Ek. It'll ek. Okay? I like words like that. 
Faith has its source in hearing. Faith is birthed within this process of hearing personal communication from God. That makes hearing personal communication from God really important. And there again, who do we trust about that? God. He's faithful to speak to our hearts. He is faithful. He sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Jesus said, he's sending the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into the whole fullness of truth. You can anticipate that every time you sit down to prayer. We don't always hear something. Sometimes our emotions are all wrought up or for whatever reason, our bodies are tired. It's not that every time I sit down with the word, I get some big revelation. It doesn't even have to be big. Here we are again, big, small, blah, blah, blah. But, but in the scheme of things in, in my life, I anticipate God is speaking to me and will speak to me. When I come to a challenge in my life, I often do this. I go back, I, I shut up, I sit down, I turn off the stuff, and I think about what has God highlighted and said to me? What teachings have spoken to me? What has stood out to me from the Word? I make notes of that stuff a lot. And it's like in the last year, 18 months, I know he's been speaking to me, preparing me for this moment and this challenge. So what was it? What was it that he was saying that prepared me ahead of time for this challenge? It's a great thing to do. All right. So the word says faith comes. It is carried by. It has its source in hearing. This term hearing, this word hearing, it means the act of listening. This is interesting. It means the act of listening. It means the ability to hear. And it means the faculty that enables one to hear. So in other words, as we're listening to God, as we come to him with an open heart, an attentive attitude, a teachable heart, a yielded spirit, as I turn my attention to him, he not only, he not only, not only will I hear something, but he gives me a greater hunger to hear. He gives me a greater ability to hear all rolled up in this time of spending time with God. A greater hunger to hear, greater ability. It, his voice gets clearer and clearer as we are hearing. And this word hearing, are you still with me? This word hearing is in the Greek, it's in this verb tense called the present continual tense that we don't have in English. So it means I am presently hearing God and I'm continually hearing God. So that's where, and I know you, I'm sure you've heard this before. I mean, preachers will stand there for five minutes and say, it means hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Brother Hagen used to do that for like 10 minutes at a time. It's, you know, to get it through our heads. This is a continual process. This is something, this means I'm living a lifestyle of listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit. This means I'm, I'm trying to develop this attitude in my heart. I was laying awake at about 3.30 this morning. God was just going over this with me. Just developing this attitude in my heart that when I'm out there, I'm doing life. It's not like we're sitting on a mountain somewhere in silence waiting to hear from God. We're out there doing life. We're busy. Our brains are busy. And yet we can develop a discipline of having our ears tuned to him, having our spiritual ears tuned to what would the Holy Spirit say in this moment. We don't have to have a little what would Jesus do thing around our neck. It's just what, what is the Holy Spirit saying in this moment? I compare it to, 
when I'm, you know, I grew up, of course, a long time ago, <laughs> with older cars and, and different things. I am constantly listening to the engine when I'm driving. It doesn't take my whole focus, but in the background and the wheels and the axles and the, you know, I mean, if something changes, something's up. My brother was just recently flying with somebody in an ultralight and he'd only been in it once or twice, but he's a mechanic, he's very sensitive. He heard the engine change sound and the pilot said, oh, that's not good. And they were up in Cody, Wyoming and, and uh, he went around, I can't remember what it was and he had to have the engine rebuilt. I mean, they landed fine and everything. They could have landed fine without the engine. But anyway, uh, you know, he heard that change. I was real uncomfortable at first. I enjoy having a quiet car, but it kind of drives me crazy because I can't hear the engine. You can't hear what's going on. But anyway, you can develop. It's the same thing with God. You can be going through life and develop this sensitivity to hearing him. I think it starts at the beginning of the day when we say, Lord, I, you know, help me remember <laughs> to be listening for you and listening for what you would point out. Okay? So it's this present continual tense that as we're hearing, as we're in conversation with God, faith is delivered through that process or it grows, it, it, it comes and we can develop this, this, this sensitivity to what the Lord is saying. So as that's going on, I'm just about done with this. I guess it's time to be done. As that whole process is going on on the inside of us, it's like, Okay, we sit down, we're, we're, we're hearing what God is saying. We're recognizing the scripture coming alive. We're, we're recognizing when something in a teaching really stands out to us, when somebody's speaking to us or praying for us, and we know that was God is quickening that right there. And we decide to pay attention to that and to, to you know, I say, however you want to do it, write it down, come back to it, chew on it, take it before God again. We develop that process and in that more trust for God is building and as trust for God is building there's a greater hunger to hear more from him so it's this dynamic now I'm hungrier to hear more and that's all coming by hearing that rhema word that active personal word so it's like it's this dynamic that is it's feeding us and then it's being fed. It's feeding us. Our faith is growing. Now I'm hungry. I want even more. So our faith can either be, it will, it will, I shouldn't say it can, it will increase or decrease. So our ability, think about what we're talking about, to plug in to what he's provided by grace will increase or decrease depending on if we're having that intimate devotional time with God. And again, it's not all on you. You've got to make time. You've got to decide. You've got to set a hard attitude. But, but it's not all on you. He will flood that time that you give him with himself. He, he knows you're busy. He knows what's going on in your life. He will flood that time with you. It, you know, I've been thinking a lot. I'm going to quit with this. I've been thinking a lot about wood stoves this summer because we had to replace ours, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, you feed, you put, you put that wood in that fire and you start it up and that wood generates heat and, and then that pushes the cold air up out of your chimney and it starts this flow and the hotter it gets, 
the quicker that flow is running. And, and there's this inflow. Come, the stove is designed to have an inflow and an outflow. And if you quit feeding it, you quit putting any more wood in it or you cut off the air from it, that fire will die. It will get, the stove will get cold again, okay? But if you keep feeding it, you can keep that thing hot all winter long, 24-7. Many of you know this. And, and so it's that, there's just that dynamic of air coming in and generating that heat and the heat going up and coming out and all of that. It's that way with us, with the Lord. And we can start with the smallest thing. Just, just, we just need to be consistent in giving our attention to him, in sharing our love with him, in, in thanking him for all the little stuff. Just being thankful all day, just being mindful of him all day. And this dynamic will build on the inside of you. And then when he does, when you know he's showing something to you and he's speaking, make a big deal of it. Make a big deal of it. Because that faith will plug into grace and will receive. Not just for you, but more than enough to give away. Let's stand up and pray this morning. We'll be done. Did you get anything out of that? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord. God, you're so good, and I just always come to this point, and I just feel like there's no way to put it into words. There's just no way in our English alone, Lord, to put all this into words. And Father, and so thank you so much for the Holy Spirit who takes these things, these words, Lord, and, and your word, and adapts them to our hearts and our lives. And I, I thank you so. I'm so grateful, God, for the Holy Spirit. And we're so grateful for your faithfulness to speak to us, to lead us, to guide us, to provide for us, to take us where you want us to go. And so, Lord, we just choose to give ourselves to that process. And we trust, Father, that faith will continue to grow in us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to be dismissed this morning. And then if anybody needs prayer for something, I'd love to pray with you. So come on up and get prayer after church. We're going to say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. And we will be dismissed to another beautiful day. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out there and be the church. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.